you might be dreaming of better methods. You need to be dreaming about better men and women. And so, because methods are going to come and go, but you're going to win and lose on what's inside of them. This is the Helping You Win Leadership Podcast. Our number one goal is to help you take a step, whether it's in life, leadership, or ministry. The mission is simple, to help you win. We're so glad you've joined us today. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at Helping You Win Podcast. Now, here's your host, Seth Tomboli. All right. Hey, thank you guys for listening today. Uh, this is Seth with the Helping You Win podcast. And uh, man, I have an awesome guest with us today. Uh, this is one of my pastors, Pastor Marcus Brown. And uh, man, I'm going to ask him a couple questions and then we're going to dive into um, something that's on his heart. And so just real quick, uh, Marcus, tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, let's get to know you a little bit. Well, my name's Marcus. Um, I'm middle-aged <laughs> Caucasian. <laughs> I've been pastoring around New Life Church for like 11 years now, which is like 40 years of life sucked out of me. So, <laughs> Seth, I guess I grew up as a pastor's kid and um, always saw my dad pastoring. But before that, he was in business. Uh, he managed a Piggly Wiggly and then he was a director of operations for several grocery stores. And I think a little bit of my initial leans into leadership was just being a kid in the car with him, watching him lead people on the floor of a grocery store yeah. and watching him walk in the back room and look at, look at product, look at the stock in the back, look at the waste. I would see how he would talk to produce managers and meat market managers and vendors coming into the store. And I think like, I just, I just enjoyed watching just watching him lead. I guess as a kid, I was just looking up to that, you know, mm. But I, I don't. At some point in my life, I don't think that I aspired to do that in ministry. I always aspired to do that in business. Wow. Yeah, I tell you one thing that's interesting that just didn't happen for me is that a lot of times we teach, you know, that people step into leadership because they have a vision to lead or right. they have a dream to lead and stuff like that. And that it's really it wasn't I, it wasn't that way for me. I guess I was lost in that aspect because it instead of it just being a a, a vision or a dream, it was like the need was the call. Like mm. I was at a, a place where a leader, he literally couldn't speak and he left the building and I got up. I never thought I'd preach a sermon. I grabbed the mic and and just did like a five minute sermon that and it was not good at all. Uh, and then I just kept showing back up and it, it was there was a void there mm. that I'm like, OK, somebody's got to step in and do it. And I just stepped into a void and like grew into it. Yeah. I don't, you know, that's great. It's great. So I'm going to, I'm I'm about to ask Marcus a couple questions that I didn't prepare. So, um, this is off the cuff. He has no idea. I'm going to ask these. So Marcus, if you could put anything on a billboard today that like hundreds of thousands of people would drive by and see it, what would it be? Anything on a billboard? Anything. That's, what a great question. Uh, I haven't thought about that. <laughs> I could put anything on a billboard. I, you know what I'd do? I'd direct people to the most life-giving church in the area. Mm. That's what I would do because I'd say right now, people need the hope of Jesus like never before, especially after a year that we came out of. So if, if 
if you said do it in Tennessee, I'd find the the best life giving church in that area and point people there. So good, where they're going to find the word being taught and Jesus being lifted up. That's what I do. I love that. And then I know we have a lot of young listeners that are you know leaders of uh, businesses, entrepreneurs, leaders in ministry. Uh, before we get into the bulk of today's uh, teaching, if you could go back and tell younger Marcus Brown something, it could be in marriage, it could be before that, it could be just in leadership or ministry, or maybe just your relationship with God, what would you go back and tell yourself? Well, I would say about leadership is the first thing you need is to go, I'm going to pick the best model of leadership for me to look at. Cause you're just, you know, you don't, you're not equipped to lead. So you're always looking at someone. Mm. So, um, I think the the first few people that had a big impression on my life probably brought out a lot of the flesh in me because they were very brash. They got things done, right. but they were a hammer, you know? Yeah. And uh, so I led with just like this edge. I hurt people's feelings a lot of times. But I would tell you something I just learned in the last few weeks uh, is that Jesus talked about what was in his heart one time in 89 chapters of the gospel. Wow. Think about that. Like we we always sit around and go, what's in your heart? What's God saying to you? What's inside of you right now? All this. Jesus only did that one time. And it was when he gave the great invitation. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And then he describes his heart. He goes, because my heart is gentle and lowly. Wow. Which means that he was saying, I'm gentle and lowly. I'm approachable and humble. And I think the, the first great measure of a leader is that you listen well, and then you're humble. You you have a hunger to learn. Wow. And I can learn from anybody, you know. So that's, that's what great. I would say. Um, what are you most passionate about right now? In It could be ministry. It could be leadership. It could be life, personal development, whatever it may be. What are you most passionate about right now? Okay. So um, it's one of the things that I'm trying to lead um, around here, around my life, what I'm leading over, and also in my home, is to get culture right. And culture is like this very elusive term. It's hard to put your fingers around, you know. It's hard to grab it. It's right. like the atmosphere. It's the environment. It's, it's like for an organization, it's like what's going to be the personality of the organization. And, and it's the same way for my home. Like when you think about raising your kids or having a great marriage, you know, I think about all the principles I want to impart to my kids. Mm. But just as important as the principles are for my kids to get, it's the environment that they grow up in. What is going to be the culture? What is it? What does it feel like in that environment? And so when when you look at the ministry of Jesus, uh, a lot of churches want to emulate Jesus, but there's a part of me that I'm going, what was it like to be around him? Can we put our mm. fingers around that? Because that was powerful too. You know, you they had to peel the kids off of Jesus. Why? Because he was so life-giving. You wow. know, if you've got a bad attitude, your kids, kids sense it, but wow. they were just all over him. Disciples were rebuking him. He had a life-giving nature, and, I, and so when I look at the Gospels, I look at that side going, what is going to be the culture of my home? And what's the, okay, so for an organization, let's say it's a church or it's a, you're leading a business or whatever, you're thinking we have work to get done. You also get to choose the atmosphere that the work is going to get done in. Wow. So I always say like culture, culture is the soil, S-O-I-L. It's the soil 
of an organization. The culture is the atmosphere. So like at a church, what we do is preach the word. The word's got to go into a soil. So mm. what is the atmosphere that it is delivered in is very, it's really important. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So when it comes to, when it comes to business, when I, and I think about people that I have promoted in life and people that I have fired in life. Okay. Mm. Uh, and I think about people that are doing well, those would be people that aligned with the right kind of culture we wanted to have. Wow. So I fired people over two main reasons, character, like I can no longer trust you, Wow. you know, and when that happens, I can no longer trust you. We can't have a relationship. We can't walk together. We're going in two different directions. So, and then, but then there's been people that I'm like, they are talented and they are smart but they bring down the atmosphere in the room mm. and uh, they sour things with their attitude, with the spirit that they carry are, you know, and so I have fired people. I mean, more they're like, I'm doing a good job. I'm like, but you have your rat poison up here. Wow. That's what you are. And I've looked at really good people and said, I'm sorry. I love you, but it's moving day, you know, right? because Culture is not just the things that you want to emulate. It's also saying there are things I'll never tolerate. Wow. So it's just those two things together. Just to kind of pause on that real quick. So the when you have to get rid of somebody or fire someone, obviously that's a pretty confrontational thing. Um, what would you tell someone who's listening that struggles with that part? So maybe they're leading something and they don't like to confront and so what they fail to confront continues to grow, right? Yeah. And so what would you say to that? So sometimes it's harder because um, we didn't go further upstream and say, these are behaviors that you're going to emulate. These are behaviors we're not going to tolerate. And so when you don't make those clear yeah. for people, they can cross those lines and it's it can be blurred in their minds. So it gets tougher when... Uh, employees have crossed lines that they didn't know were lines. They were lines to you, but you didn't make those clear. Wow. So the first thing you got to do is say, I know the environment that I want to have that we work in. Yeah. I know attitudes that I, that I want you shooting for when you show up and I want you attitudes and conversations you're not going to have when you're on the job, make that clear. Then it makes that step easier, but it's never easy. Mm. If you're a person that uh, has love and compassion you know, I even in business or even in the church world, the employees that I've had, I have prayed for them and love them, all right, of them. And right. I know they're they're kids. So I know like this decision is going to it's going to affect them. So that affects me. But it doesn't deter me from making the right decision either. Wow. Though. Yeah. So that day has always been a bad day. Mm. But I've always just said, you know what, I'm going to put my head down. And I'm going to do what is right, and I'm going to get to the end of today, and I'm going to do what I have to do. So, Man. you said something uh, a couple of days ago. We uh, so so Marcus was talking to our staff here at New Life um, about culture, and you said that good culture spits out bad motives. Yeah. Would you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, right. So, like if 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 you have a healthy culture, and you you get to determine what that's going to be. When when bad motives appear, it just stands out. Mm. It's like a good culture just all of a sudden go, oh, gosh, something's off. Yeah. Something's off. They have their own agenda. Wow. You know, it's under a spotlight 
and people are like, I've either got to change or I've got to go, mm. you know? That's great. That's great. And uh, you let off before we dove into the culture talk you were talking about. I, don't, I can't say it exactly how you said it. So hopefully you remember. It was really good. Um, so you, good. So I didn't good. remember. <laughs> yeah, so good. I don't remember nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you were talking about when confidence comes. Um, and you were, yeah, 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 yeah. would you, would you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Uh, and this is from some of the coaching that I have been getting. Okay. So, um, I was in, I was in a chat and we were, we were talking online on a zoom call and somebody, they were specifically asking about speaking. And, uh, and one of my mentors said, uh, cause he was saying, how do I get more confident in speaking? And he said, because when I stand up, I want to have more confidence. And they said this, I thought it was so great confidence rarely comes at the start it always comes at the finish mm -hmm. so like i don't i don't get uh confidence for something i get confidence from something wow and so you're gonna a lot of things in life you're gonna start out nervous and you're gonna start out with fear you just can't let it hold you back you wow. know i think tony robbins said tony robbins said when you think you can't you must and so I just don't let my lack of confidence keep me from pursuing what I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And I think you could put that inside your culture is right. that we're going to have a culture of risk. We're going to have a culture of courage. Love that. We're going to not let our personal fears uh, uh, keep us away from our greatest gains and our, you know, our greatest moments where we're trying to pursue something amazing. So why you want to have a, a really good culture on your team, okay? is because your team is always going to be the greatest asset that you have. Mm. The greatest asset you have is not is not just ideas that you had five years ago. It's not a vision you wrote down 10 years ago. It's not your facilities. It's not the product that you currently have because nobody's going to be buying it in 15 years. Right. The best asset that you have is your team. And so you want to have a culture that brings out the best in your team. So when you might be dreaming of better methods, you need to be dreaming about better men and women. Wow. And so because methods are going to come and go, but you're going to win and lose on what's inside of them. Mm. So you have a culture that goes, this culture brings out and demands the best from the people that I'm working with. That's great. So, uh, so I would put a few things in the culture. Number one, we're going to have a culture of trust. This, mm. And this is over. This is going to happen in time. Yeah. We're like, I trust you. You trust me. You can't have trust without relationships. So right. tr having having trust on a team and having a relational environment go hand in hand. Mm. Real relationship. Right? right. That we know that, hey, you're about to have a baby. You want to know why? Because I'm close enough to you to know that. Right. I'm interested in your life. You know, I know that here's Zane. I mean, I know right. that he's going to be a left-handed baseball player. That's right. You know? <laughs> Amen. We're praying for it. <laughs> but it's like, if you're going to have to have trust, then you really have to get to a place where you can be vulnerable with each mm -hmm. other and really talk about things that are in, in your life. And just and you you earn that. I have a friend that told me you you earn trust in drops. You lose trust in buckets. Wow. So you learn it, earn it little by little. You can you can blow it in a day and lose it all. And we've seen this, whether it's a church world, wow. or whether it's the business world where people earned it and then gave it up wow. i mean I'm, I'm, you can think of past we could just name five or six or seven pastors and we're like man they're not in the ministry they burned all that trust in one news story wow it happens in business all the time to where people go i can't trust that leader anymore he's blown it i'm going somewhere else because mm. i don't feel safe right you know mm. what would you say like if you were to name you talked about a 
a culture of trust. If you were to pinpoint a couple more of those, what would you say has to be in an organization for them to win? For them to win? Let's just keep diving down into trust. So if you're going to trust each other, you have to be truthful. You have to have candid conversations. Mm. And I, I have only been around a couple of places where people were honestly, they were comfortable with being candid. Um, we did this thing cause we got this from the LSU uh, football program. Coach, coach O down there has tell the truth Monday. So every Monday they look at film and they tell the truth. They wow. tell the truth of how they played. They tell the truth of how they practice, how they performed. They'll tell the truth about how they coached. And uh, the first time I put my team in a room, and we said we're going to have tell the truth Monday, and we're going to we're going to talk about all the game film from last week on how we did on everything. Well, the first time I did that, I saw two things happen. Some people came alive because they were like, "Finally, right. okay, yeah." And then some people ha- literally had panic attacks. <laughs> it yeah. was like they. I had one guy stand up, and he was like, "My heart is beating at my chest. I can't. <laughs> I can't." Oh, he just couldn't breathe because he had never been in the culture, and it wasn't that we were fighting or putting putting that we were just being honest about what was what was going on and so if you're going to trust you have to have truth on the table patrick lynchoni said this if you if you don't uh, have healthy conflict that comes from candy conversation if you don't have healthy conflict you're going to have artificial harmony Mm. that's the worst culture to have on a team it's like people pretend to be in unity and yes. they're not unified with each other. They yep. could care less if each other succeed. They're not unified around the vision. It's just fake. Wow. And you can feel it when wow. everybody's faking it. Man. What would you say? What are some like indicators that there's artificial harmony in a in a like organization? Because when there is something that needs to be talked about and nobody is getting close to the subject. What? No one's, no one wants oh to say Oh my it. gosh. Yeah. Like you got to pop the balloon. Somebody's wow. got to say it. Mm. People open it up. You know, we recently had a, a meeting where we scratched the surface on a few things and people started crying. Yeah. It was emotional because they're like, this is the first time we talked about this. Yeah. Right? By the way, for all the listeners, I was one of those people crying. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just it it's healthy because they're like okay we're not just going Come to on, highlight man. our yes. wins we're yeah. also going to say hey we've got some flaws and we're going to get better and let's let because let's just make a promise to each other that we're going to get better and not let that happen again mm. you know so good i love so, that yeah i love that i would say this that every organization is going to have to have honor you know, from mm. a biblical standpoint, the Bible says that before blessing comes honor. And that's why we teach our kids, like in our home, they're like, you're going to honor. You're wow. going to honor your teachers. Yeah. We're going to honor people in uniform. We're going to wow. honor the military. We're going to honor police officers. We're going to honor firemen. Uh, we're going to honor pastors. We, we're going to uh, we're going to honor your coaches. Yeah. I don't even if they're wrong. I know I'm a parent in the stand. I know when the coaches are wrong. And uh, you know what I'm saying? But because of their positional authority, like God's put people in position over our lives that we're going to honor that. And you're, you're going to honor me and your mom around here if you want to have a blessed life. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And so we've been teaching that at a young age. Do they ace it all the time? No. But mm. I will tear their butts up when they don't. You know? Right. Absolutely. No, we're, we really are going to bring discipline there and we're going to point that out. Mm. If, if So what what that means on the team is that we honor, we honor the people that's above us, around us, and, and under our leadership. Mm. Is that we treat them with respect. 
I thought it was very interesting in the book of Exodus when you look at the Old Testament Jewish laws. Uh, God asked the the men of Israel to come and and give a ransom offering for their life every year because He saved them, you know, from uh, the Egyptians. And He says, "I want you to bring an offering." And He told the rich and the poor to bring the exact amount of offering because mm. this is what He's saying. It was the exact offering because they were exactly as valuable. Wow. So you honor because you go, everybody on my team, whether it is the guy that comes in and he's pushing a mop, mm. cleaning the toilet, he's taking out the trash, and he might be doing it when you're not there. He, he might be, that those people may be leaving when you pull up in the morning. They're valuable because they make this thing go forward. Wow. So we honor and respect what you bring to the table. That's great. And that needs to get, it needs to get genuine. Like mm. You really, really care. Mm. I love that. And I love what you said about, you know, we are believers. So, you know, the I, I have been in seasons of my life where I wanted the first part of that without the second part of it. So where I wanted blessing, but there were areas where I wasn't honoring either my leadership or I wasn't honoring God. So what would you say, like, what's what are some good ways to recenter on that? So I think you go, I'm going to be a person of honor. So there's things I'm going to do. Hmm. So there, when when people are winning, I'm going to acknowledge it verbally. I'm gonna wow. say, you know what, so and so's acing it right Love now. Love that. Celebrate. I'm yeah. not. I'm not. I'm not overlooking what they're doing. I'm gonna celebrate them. That that brings honor to the table. That's great. And then when people are at at their worst, I'm not going to highlight that publicly. Mm. We may have candid conversations with that privately. And then I would also say another way to honor is when you when you make decisions in private. And even if you disagree, you walk in unity in public with those decisions. Absolutely. You walk out that door as a team and you don't say, I would have done it this way. I would have done it that way. You go as a, hey, we disagree. But once we walk out of that door, we're together. Yeah. In your culture, you're going to want to have faith in there. This faith that my best days and our best days are in front of us. Yes. They're not behind Amen. us. Yeah. Like the things that we're going to create and, yep. the, and the people that we're going to reach and the impact that's going to have on all levels, things we write, things we speak about, uh, things we do with technology, things we're doing on social media. Like our best days are ahead of us. Our biggest risks are ahead of us. Like uh, we're not here to hold serve. <laughs> we're not here just to keep the lights on. Right. We're here to move forward. Every organization has got to have people that are really believing like we are moving forward. I saw that there were some businesses uh, during the pandemic that were saying, oh, it's immoral to even, to try to reach your goals this year. That's mm. it's immoral. If you're pushing your, you know, the pandemic has hurt us so much that then, you know, what you end up doing is you're asking people, I want you to take a year off of believing. Right. Well, then how do you res resurrect a lack of faith? Wow. You don't just say, you can't say that circumstances are going to change what I'm believing. Wow. What you have to say is problems create opportunities. We need to open our eyes and see new opportunities that we can get some faith around. Wow. Okay. I love that. So that, so that spirit of faith just means we're just going to have courage. I know it, uh, during the battle at Gettysburg, the, there was one division of the Union Army that ran completely out of ammunition. And the rep, they were fighting the rebels, and this division had no bullets left. They had a decision to make. Are we going to retreat or move forward? And, and their general told them, fix the bayonets and charge the enemy. Wow. 
I don't know what I'd have done. You know, like, I wouldn't have done that. I know. I mean, wow. I, that would have been like one more movie. I'd have been like, that wouldn't have been me. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. It's like, we're out. God has spoken, you know? But they fix the bayonets and they're throwing up, using the bathroom in their pants, and they're running at the Revlon yeah. at the same time. And I think that's what courage is as you go, you know what? It feels like we're out of ammunition, but what we do have left, we're going to run with it, mm. you know? And that's what faith does. You just look and go, okay, what do we have left in our tank? And we're going for it. That's great. That's great. And a question off of that. So just having faith, and this is a culture thing, but this is also a personal thing as well. Um, for the person listening who feels like they're stuck or they're stagnant, and they don't know how to get out of this, like, just this funk, you know? What would you tell them with well, getting out of that? You know, I was telling a, a, a friend today is that, the, you know, the, it's hard to just psych yourself up mm. and just go, okay, uh, I'm going to psych myself out and start believing again. And, and it's all of that, a lot of that is self-motivation. You need to start with reality. Yeah. If it was a bad year last year, start with reality. Yep. But but write it down and then put truth to it as well. Mm. So the truth is, this does not define the rest of your future. So you got to figure out first before you have faith. You got to figure out where your beliefs are being limited. Wow. So what do where do I have a lack of faith right now? And be really honest. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So I've had things in my life where I'm like, all right, um, you know, I'm in my mid forties. I guess I'll never get back in good shape again. Well, that's not true. Right. But I can believe that about my life. Wow. And I can live that way. Or I can say, you know what? Uh, the fact is, 2020, I wasn't very disciplined. But that doesn't have to be 2021. Amen. Yeah. Right? Absolutely. But you you got to do that personally and professionally because a lot of people are stuck because of their belief system. Yeah. And so... Uh, what I was telling a friend of mine today is first be real and complete the past, like complete it, get to the go. Okay. This is how it was, but this is how it could be. That's great. And start dreaming about what could be. Okay. So, so you start with reality, you put truth on it and then mm. you have faith moving forward. Does that make that. sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I love what you, what you said about the, the, uh, what is it? The limiting belief and you've told me this before that turn you turn it into a liberating truth. Yes. And, um, and I, Hyatt says, you know, like that's when you can step into who you're supposed to be in that's the future. Exactly right. So it's so good. I've got two questions left for you. The, the first one is what are you reading right now that you would recommend to the listener? And then if you were to give a book away, like from like, this is a loaded question. I know this one's tough. Sure. But think back from, I mean, the beginning of leadership and ministry for you. If you were to give a book away as a gift to somebody and you could only pick one, what would that book be? Okay, so if I could only pick one, that there's been there's so many on leadership. I would do the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership of John Maxwell. I just think that's a classic. I think a lot of his other books came out of that book because he just really, mm. he hits so many of the laws on there and it's just easy enough for anybody to grasp it so you can go back after you've been leading for 20 years and go you know what i need to yes. sharpen there or you can go this is the first time i've heard these and just every chapter right <laughs> i mean it's bite-sized pieces it, that one would be perfect you i know? love that what was the other question what are you reading right now that's impacting you you know i <laughs> i've been reading this book called the path between the seas and it's the building of the panama canal and uh, i like to read history because there's anything great ever built 
you can see, I, I read presidents and I read things that were built in history. So, because you see leadership, wow. you see leadership fails, leadership pitfalls, you see where leadership was great. Mm. And so the French tried to build the canal and they failed miserably. And, uh, and it was a lot of hubris. It was a lot of pride that caused them to fail. And then the Americans came in, almost failed. And it just came down to basically somebody just rolled up their sleeves and led well to mm. get the job done. I love so that. So anyways, it's been very interesting. Reading. And I've always respected that about you. Like we'll be in the middle of a, I mean, conversation or you'll be teaching the staff and you just throw out this like historical story. And I'm like, where did that come from? But it's what you're reading. And I, I think that's super cool. So Last question, um, and I, I love to ask all of our guests this: If you had to speak an impromptu message right now, it could be about it could be about anything, um, but let's let's <laughs> lean towards just helping someone win, either in life, ministry, marriage, <laughs> leadership, whatever whatever it is. Um, what would it be, and why? Well, usually, Seth, I before <laughs> I preach, I pray, and uh, it's been a while since I've prayed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, okay. Psalm 122. Let's just go verse one. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Mm. All right. Number one, I was glad. Mm. I grew up in a church when my parents said, let's go to church. I was mad. I was sad. <laughs> I was really glad. <laughs> but number one, right? <laughs> Matter of fact, I want to build a church where they go. Sunday's coming. People go, that's going to be the best, best day of my life. Come on, or if you're having the worst day that you're having this Tuesday or Wednesday, you go, Sunday's coming. I was glad. Point number two, when they said unto me, that meant somebody was inviting him to church. Wow. <laughs> wow. And you know, this is one thing I know. It's like, you're going to invite somebody to church this year, and they're, it's going to be the happiest day of their life. Mm-hmm. They're going to be so glad that they got invited because something got broken off their life. Something got changed in yeah. life. They said, let us go to the house of the Lord. Wow. Where was he going? Where the presence of God was at? Because mm. this is one thing that I that I know is a fact in life. God, God can do more in five minutes in his presence mm. than we can ever do on our own. And every one of us need to be back in the presence of God. That is so good. And I didn't prepare you for this, but what is one of the funniest things you've seen happen in a church? Oh, gosh. Strange or funny? Either. Just brighten someone's day who's listening <laughs> to this right now. I'm, I'm, I'm like weighing stories mentally, like in my mind right now, because there's been like so many. And crazy. don't use names because they may listen to it. It may be about oh, someone I who have listens. To use names That's just, so good. Because we've got to tag some people in here. Okay. My best friend is Brandon Cotton. He pastors the Fort Smith campus. Several years ago, okay, you guys that are listening, y'all have to imagine this. So we have this worship team, the set, but every once in a while, like uh, uh, a musician won't show up. So Brandon is able to loop in different instruments from his laptop. <laughs> so his laptop sits on the keyboard. And he'll like he'll like put in a bass, you know, guitar, yeah, yeah. put in keys, whatever he needs. You know, it makes it sound full up there. And then it fakes the crowd out. They have no idea. So <laughs> one day, Brandon gets done with worship. It was, a great, it was just great. I start preaching, okay? Brandon uh, went to the back. He was doing something. And his personal laptop was up there. Well, he went to call his wife. But his laptop was still hooked up to the keyboard, which was going through the sound system. 
So uh, he was FaceTiming, and then I hear this, and and he could hear it like coming through the sound system. So he stops, but I didn't know what was going on. So I'm up there preaching. I'm going, "What is happening?" You know. And then a, a, another buddy of mine, Nick Burton, sitting on the front. He was going, uh, uh, "Just don't worry about it. Just keep going. Keep preaching." I was like, and "If you know me, I love awkward moments. When oh, they yeah. happen, I just lean into oh, yeah. them." So it all stopped. Like I didn't know what that was. Well. His wife, Jessica, was at home and missed the call. She's getting ready to come to a later service. So she calls him back and is coming back through our sound system. Oh, again. my God. She's calling him and he can't end the and call. And this is during service. This During my sermon. There's people just looking around like, what's going on? What is on? going on? So I realize, I look at the keyboard, and I see it lit up. Well, I go over to, to Brandon's laptop and they don't have their real names for each other on their phone. So, oh, no. So Brandon's name that he had his wife saved as was Secret Lover. And so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I walk over to the laptop and I just said, <laughs> apparently Secret Lover is trying to call our worship pastor right now. Oh, so my gosh. That was that was a moment where. So what was the combo like with Brandon after that? Oh, he walked right in the door. Everybody was laughing so hard. We just actually had to end the message. It was just a great, <laughs> it's a great moment. Salvation. Just I would just call get, right hey, there. This is the thing I would tell you, Seth. Like when you're speaking and something awkward happens, don't ignore it. That's the gold in life. Lean into it. I love that. I love that. Marcus, <laughs> thank you for joining us today. Thank you again for joining us on today's episode. We are so honored to help you win in life leadership and ministry. Find us on all social media platforms at Helping You Win Podcast. And then also, man, if you would go subscribe and leave us a review, it would help us a ton and share it on social media. We believe that we lead better when we lead together.